Welcome to the Innovation Cafe here on What She Said. I'm Chris Abel, and this week our conversation is about the surprise winning entry in this year's Wildlife Photographer of the Year Awards. For 52 years, the ceremonies have always given us images that evoke a sense of beauty and wonder about the natural world. But the top prize this year went to Brent Sturton, a photojournalist, whose grisly image is of a slaughtered black rhinoceros poached for its horn. As you can tell by his acceptance speech at the ceremonies this past October, this was completely unexpected. So it's not often that I'm lost for words, huh? but you guys really surprised me tonight. You know, I always think that uh, the photojournalism is almost like the, the red-headed stepchild of the photography world when it comes to wildlife. I always had that in my mind. So for you to, uh, to award this to me for the kind of work I do in this space, um, yeah, I'm blown away. Now to give you a sense of just how emotionally troubling this photograph is, I've turned to Mark Peck, curator for the Wildlife Photographer of the Year exhibit during its stay at the Royal Ontario Museum. Mark is also an ornithologist and himself an accomplished wildlife photographer. It's a horrific photograph in terms of the image itself. So you've got this rhinoceros who looks like it's sitting down uh, with its head and its chin resting on the ground with this massive hole where the horns used to be. And you're not 100% sure if the animal's dead or alive when you first look at it, but then you realize it is dead and there is a pool of blood in front of the mouth of the rhinoceros. And if you look closely, you'll even see a, an evidence bag off to the right in this really beautiful savanna-like landscape of, of Africa. It really does sort of strike you as incredibly odd and incredibly horrific and at the same time a very powerful photograph by an excellent photographer. Keep in mind that when the committee selected this as their winning image, they did so despite having more than 48,500 happier images submitted by photographers in 92 different countries. It really does speak to how important they feel the message that this photograph brings and the priority that should be given to the issues it's making aware of. If you listen to Brent Sturton, after he accepted his award, he got off stage, he spoke to the organizers, you can tell how shocked he is that he's still processing the decision that they have made. You know, I always see my work as a reinforcement for, you know, the really magnificent pictures. So I'm, uh, for them to choose something that's a photojournalistic image, you know, I appreciate that very much. You know, the great thing with this competition is it just means that, you know, your work gets another life. It gets seen by that many more people. The issue gets a certain longevity. Photographs should tell stories. It's not just a pretty picture on the wall. This is telling a very important story that needs to be heard and people need to sort of pay attention to. And so I, I give them all sorts of credit for picking this as the overall winner. And I also respect Natural History Museum for accepting that and then the ROM for saying, look, we have to be aware of this. Wildlife photography is not just pretty pictures. It should tell powerful stories. And this is by far, I think, the most powerful story in the exhibit this year. In news stories about poaching, it's often repeated that in Asia there's a belief that the rhino horn can be used as a treatment towards cancer. And while that statement is true, I often find people walking away thinking horrible things about the Chinese and their belief systems. And that's a mistake. 
A better explanation is that across Asia, organized crime has devised an elaborate scheme using the rhino horn to target families that have been hit hard by cancer. These are families that may have members that occupy important positions in government, law enforcement, or companies that control a valuable resource. Syndicates in China and Vietnam are experts when it comes to finding emotional buttons on people, leverage points that allow them to coerce them towards their will. They're attracted to cancer because cancer has already done half the job for them. These crime syndicates send out their con artists to pretend that they are there just to help, of course, and twist ancient traditions and belief systems to come up with this elaborate scam. The original tradition is that if you kill an animal, it's your duty to make sure you make use of every body part, whether as clothing, as tools, as food, as art, so that there is no waste and no overconsumption. This is not a silly belief, but one that matches our own Western ideals of sustainability. Across the centuries, of course, there have been challenges in terms of making use of certain body parts. A rhino's horn is the only one in the animal kingdom that doesn't contain any bone. It is entirely made up of keratin fibers. Essentially, it's one big ugly fingernail on the snout of a rhino. And while it may look very impressive on a rhino, in the hands of a person, it's utterly useless. Across the centuries, people have tried to make use of it anyway. They've ground it up into a powder as a supplement for meals or as part of a ritual or ceremony. And of course, there have been claims that some people use it to try to alleviate fever, pain, high blood pressure. Now, there is no such ancient scroll that says, to cure cancer, use rhino horn powder. But the crime syndicate con artists have jumped on those ancient stories to twist them to suggest that such a thing might just exist. The attraction for the syndicates in using rhino horn is that, number one, it's a very difficult ingredient to get your hands on. In fact, today you can only do it through poaching, which puts it completely under the control of organized crime. They like the idea that you have a marketplace with a commodity that's very low in supply but extremely high in demand that's under their control so they can make sure there's no competition and allows them to be able to hit the pressures to set their own price. Today, rhino horn is a multi-billion dollar black market where the value of the horn is higher than gold, higher than cocaine. But of course, to the syndicates, the true value is this is a tool to achieve influence, corruption, and power over others. This is not an issue of silly belief stories. This is an issue of an insidious crime, supported by the details of how Brent Sturton got his award-winning photo. I got to this picture quickly through, through a network that I had, but I had to go to 30 different caucuses before I was able to reach one that I thought had the necessary emotional resonance. And then I have to work quickly because a police forensics team is coming and they don't want me anywhere near that stuff. So, you know, it's what's really going through my mind when I'm taking this picture is how efficient can I be in conveying the message I need to convey. Now, this is not a new issue, but to keep it alive in the public mind, I need to make emotionally resonant pictures and that requires a certain set of circumstances. I love the rhinoceros. And when I visited the Toronto Zoo, it struck me how close it was to visiting a living dinosaur. With their massive skulls and the rows of armored skin, they really do match the Triceratops of old. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that the Sumatran rhino is the oldest living mammal species on Earth. Their vision may be poor, but their sense of smell is incredible, and those little conical ears will twitch and pick you out if you happen to be nearby. But what makes them special to me, compared to the other large animals, the hippos, the elephants, is that a rhino can reach massive weight, 
close to a thousand pounds, and yet move at an astonishing speed. They have been clocked at 40, 45, 50 kilometers an hour. How is it that something that heavy can move so fast? The secret is in their bones. The hind leg bones are the strongest bones in the animal kingdom. They have special flanges on them that you don't see in other animals, not even the dinosaurs, that allow for muscle groups to grab a hold of those leg bones so they can withstand the weight that's on top of them as the rhino reaches the incredible pressure of astonishing speed. When a rhinoceros is on full charge and it enters dense vegetation, it actually leaves behind this perfectly round little empty tunnel in the foliage. The crime syndicates in Vietnam have already hunted the rhino there to extinction and now have extended their crime over to South Africa, where they are leveraging and manipulating dirt-poor farmers in Mozambique to continue to do their poaching for them. It would be an astonishing shame if this animal was erased from existence. I'll leave you now with Mark Peck on how to adopt a healthy attitude that can make a difference. Things we select or things we buy, you know, and maybe none of us are ever going to buy a rhinoceros horn, but maybe we're going to see a crocodile purse that we like, or maybe we're going to see a crocodile pair of cowboy boots or a belt. Or maybe we need special feathers for fly fishing. So there's a number of animals that are endangered because of human consumption, and most of that is unnecessary. So there's programs like CITES, the Committee for International Trade on Endangered Species. So it's a committee set up to protect animals that are endangered because of over-human consumption. And that could be as simple as a bird's feather or ivory or rhinoceros horn. We need to do a better job in protecting these animals, and people need to be aware of it. And even on a tourist trade, you don't need to get a parrot feather to bring back as a souvenir. You don't need a piece of ivory to bring, bring back as a souvenir, because this is what happens ultimately if you're going to do that. Each species is unique in its own right, and we need to protect as many as we possibly can. But certainly, we need to protect animals that need protection just due to greed and, and human selfishness. Some things we're not going to be able to protect. Something like a rhinoceros, this should be an easy one to do. You know, something like a blue whale should be an easy one to take care of. They don't require much, just a little bit of space and a little bit of protection. We have to stop thinking about just ourselves as the only one who uses this planet. Come on a journey like no other where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. 
Let's Take This Outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.